Sometimes we have to ditch our home country to live our best lives. And I know my version of my best life is different from yours. Outside of living their best lives, there are likely some common things that spur people to move abroad. Uh, let me be clear that I currently live in the U.S., so I'm when I say moving abroad, I mean moving abroad from the U.S. That's what we're going to talk about today on the Age Has No Limit podcast, when your best life means moving abroad. We'll talk about the reasons people move, we'll shine a light on those who've been successful at it, and even share a few decluttering tips if you're ready to make the move. My name is Patrice Davis, the host of the Age Has No Limit podcast. I'll be right back. It's the Age Has No Limit podcast. We're here to show and prove that your age shouldn't prevent you from designing and living the life you want. I'm your host, Patrice Davis. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. Before we get started, please subscribe so you can catch each episode on your favorite streaming service or watch it on YouTube. And if any of you like what I'm sharing today, you know, maybe it resonates with you, drop a comment and share your thoughts of moving abroad. Maybe you're ready to make the move. You've been thinking about it. Um, maybe you have fears that you want to overcome. Um, please drop a comment. Um, I do read them and I'll respond as soon as I can. Now let's dive into these, this week's episode. At the top of the list, why people leave the U.S. are the following. The general cost of living, uh, reducing one's cost of living because maybe they're on a fixed income. Uh, the cost of health care, reducing, um, you know, basically the lack of affordable health care, the absence of universal health care. Health care is in there three times. Concerns about violence, and that's gun violence, mass shootings, racial violence, and of course, the awful political divisions between the so-called red and blue states. Um, there's food quality uh, concerns and of course, racism. Some people are waking up to the reality that they can reduce their exposure to some of these things by just moving abroad. There are others who believe the American dream is, is declining and, you know, and as a result, they are leaving the country. Some, um, only 36% based on a recent survey, um, still believe that if you work hard, you'll get ahead. Um, and they believe that still holds true. And I'm one of those people that also believe it holds true to a certain extent, but how hard do you have to work? What are the things that you have to give up as you're working hard? What are the things that are neglected because, uh, you're working so hard and, um, and is it worth it? You know, so even though you may still be able to work, uh, get ahead with, through hard work, you know, what are you losing in the process? Now, others no longer believe in the American dream. Some people believe that the American dream actually exists abroad in whatever country they choose to settle. Interestingly, a recent Axios article featured JP Stone Street and Amelia Basista. Um, I'm familiar with this couple. Um, there are two American expats who've lived in Ecuador since 2017 and actually run a business helping people live abroad and earn online income. And according to JP, and he didn't hold back, they've seen a large increase in the number of people who are thinking about or preparing to move because they can no longer live in the U.S. and are looking for a better quality of life at a lower cost. 
Um, uh, he went on to say that they, of course, are reversing um, aging in reverse after they left uh, what they call the toxic hamster wheel that is the United States. Um, and many people are doing it. According to International Citizens Insurance, Mexico actually is the top destination for Americans who move abroad, and that's for every age group. I think it's important to um, realize that some of us have a vision of Mexico, of um, you know Mexicans coming to the United States and doing all of these negative things. Um, I highly recommend that you, if you really want to see a different point of view um, and learn about this wonderful, beautiful country that is Mexico, you know, please look into some other television shows or YouTube content or, you know, newspapers, magazine articles, just to learn more about what the country has to offer. People have been moving, Americans have been moving to Mexico for probably decades, especially retiring Americans, because they knew that they would be able to, um, you know, have their dollars stretch um, even further. So it's not a surprise for me. I've actually visited Mexico only once, and I plan on uh, returning several times to see some of these really fantastic cities and towns. Um, I've actually also lived vicariously through the lives of many a YouTuber as they sashayed through Oaxaca and San Miguel de Allende and Merida, Mexico City, what I think it's called Guanajuato, and other destinations in the country. So, um, you know, I'm not surprised that Mexico is at the top of the list. I remember being inspired by a woman named uh, Reverend Dr. Angela B. Martin, who documented her move from the state of Maryland to Mexico. And that stood out for me because I used to live in Maryland. Um, and of course I was becoming more and more familiar with, you know, so many parts of the country, um, you know, just the very diverse landscapes, um, of the country. So uh, I remember just really trying to understand more about what the country had to offer. I think more of it had to do with, uh, reversing some of the stereotypes and, and the bad news coverage that, um, I'd been accustomed to about Mexico and this country. So I was, you know, really absorbing a lot of content because I really wanted to uh, see both sides of the coin, see all, you know, the great things that some people were featuring, um, but also be, be very realistic as we all should about, you know, the other side of every country, including the United States. Um, there are also articles pointing out that San Miguel de Allende is now a hotspot for African-American entrepreneurs moving abroad. Um, as, as a matter of fact, there's Casa Elm in San Miguel de Allende, and it's a luxury guest house and retreat, um, you know, location that was started by, um, a, a, an entrepreneur, an American woman, um, a black American woman, African-American woman named Michelle Wedderburn. Um, she's originally from Florida, started Casa Elm in San Miguel de Allende, and she actually also has, you know, different, uh, courses and, um, programs for people who want to actually, um, you know, accelerate their move. So one of the things I've really, really enjoyed, um, as an entrepreneur and seeing other people become entrepreneurs as they do this is they go through an experience um, and because they've actually learned through experience, um, they're able to take that experience, package it into a course or, um, you know, some kind of program. And then of course, offer it to others who want to be able to tap into that firsthand knowledge, 
um, and accelerate in the case of um, the, uh, Michelle Wedderburn, accelerate their move to um, to San Miguel, San Miguel de Allende, or in the case of my experience launching and growing and scaling a consulting business, they want to accelerate um, the pace at which they, uh, you know, are able to grow their consult their, their consulting business. There's also the Yarbros, um, and this is a husband and wife duo um, that again is, you know, very very. They have quite a few YouTube videos where they've traveled. It seems throughout Central America and throughout South America, um, they ended up purchasing a beautiful home there after tra traveling again throughout um, the Americas. But you know, why are they moving there? Not just the Yarbros, but people in general. Why are they moving to Mexico? Um, some of the reasons I listed uh, previously that they may be um, um, leaving behind. Um, but what they're running toward is, you know, the strength of the U.S. dollar against the Mexican peso. That's one reason. Number two, um, the relatively quick airline flight back to the U.S. And of course, number three, um, which is probably the most important for many of them, and that's the better quality of life that they can actually have um, in, um, in many of the areas of Mexico that they're moving to. Um, but as I said before, Mexico's long been a destination for Americans looking to retire more comfortably. Now, if you add to the list of other Central American countries that uh, have been seeing an uptick of American expats, there's Costa Rica, um, which actually has gone down the list a little bit, but through two or three years ago, maybe even as many as five years ago, five to seven years ago, many Americans were moving to Costa Rica and documenting it um, on, you know, in, on, you know, House Hunters International. I remember I used to watch that show quite a bit Sunday nights when I used to braid my daughter's hair to get them ready for school. I'd sit and watch an, an multiple episodes on a Sunday evening. Um, and Costa Rica was one of those countries that was featured, you know, um, multiple times. Uh, another Central American country seeing an uptick of American expats is Panama and another is Belize. So what are some of the other top destinations for Americans who move abroad? The top countries, according to an, a September 2022 article that cited data from international citizens are Mexico, as I mentioned before, Portugal, um, the Philippines, Italy, Thailand, which is always at the top of the list, Spain, Canada, France, Costa Rica, and the United Kingdom. Now, let me clarify that there are many reasons people move abroad that are not related to their ability to live their best lives. Some leave because of career obligations or family obligations. Uh, maybe they want to experience living in a different culture for a brief amount of time or an extended amount of time. But by far, the reasons cited are better work-life balance in a better quality of life than what they believe they can actually attain here in the United States. Going back to living your best life, according to Bola Sukunbi, the founder of Clever Girl Finance, living your best life can be defined as living a life that makes you happy and also one that allows you to be at your full potential. It's about being intentional with the way you choose to live and living life on your own terms. I was so happy when I saw that last part about living life on your own terms. You all have probably heard me. If you've listened to some of the other episodes, you've heard me mention that many times. 
because that's extremely important to me. Um, but I just wanted, I, I thought it made a lot of sense that of course, living your best life means of course, living your life on your own terms. Uh, I believe that's common sense, but wanted to know a little bit more about where people are moving to live, you know, quote unquote, happier lives. Um, and according to a November, 2023 article by CNC, CNBC, Malaga, Spain, which is, I believe, um, I, I won't even try to remember exactly where Malaga, Spain is. Basically it's now a top destination for expats who are happiest with their social, financial and work lives. Um, the result is according to survey responses from over 12,000 individuals living in 172 countries or territories. And I believe that country, that, that area in Spain must have risen to the top. Um, and the result doesn't just reflect Americans moving to Malaga. Of course, this, I'm sure the, the survey responses, uh, I'm sure were across multiple countries. Um, but Spain is considered one of the quote healthiest countries in the world. It has one of the highest life expectancies in the European union with the average Spaniard expected to live 82.4 years versus the average, uh, 80.6 years among all EU residents. Um, so I also had an opportunity to visit Barcelona, which is which actually was number 13 on that list in 2022. It was just for eight days, but I can certainly see and feel the difference between our rushed lives here in the U.S. and you know life in Spain. Again, I was only there for eight week, for eight days, um, but once you land in a country, uh, it doesn't take a lot of time to really sense the pace at which people live their lives you know, um, the things that they may value, you know, um, uh, some of the things that they may value. I remember waking up and going to this wonderful cafe every morning. Um, I don't recall the name. Um, and, but actually I wrote about this experience on the ready, set, website. If you check out the blogs, I do remember writing about my work from anywhere experience in, in um, Barcelona. And at that time, I actually uh, um, remember the name of that coffee shop. And, but I do remember just going there in the mornings, watching people of different ages coming in, having a leisurely cup of coffee, you know, and then walking back to work. Um, again, a leisurely cup of coffee, which is very different from the way that we do it here, where at least for me, um, you know, before I, before I brewed my own cup of coffee and went through my morning routine of grinding my beans and brewing my coffee and using my, my specific plant milk that I typically use, I would rush off to, to work, you know, of course, sit in traffic, um, finally make it out of traffic, get into the parking lot, fight to get to the parking lot, and then rush to the nearest um, coffee shop to chug down a cup of coffee. Um, now, so again, these are just different experiences, different cultures. Um, but you know, after years and years and years and years of living at that pace, you, you know, it starts to wear you down. And I think that's what's happening with a lot of Americans. It's starting to wear them down and they are realizing that they don't have to, um, you know, continue that life experience, they can change their life and spirit experience, uh, by actually, you know, moving to a different destination. Uh, by the way, uh, two years ago, Taiwan actually topped the list with Mexico at number two. It's still, it's always at the top and Costa Rica at number three, as I mentioned before. Now the others were Malaysia, Portugal, and New Zealand, which were number four, five, and six respectively.
I also found it interesting. There was a March 2023 BuzzFeed article about Americans sharing their thoughts about moving abroad. A few of them are pretty uh, funny. And so I thought I would share them with you all. And so there's this couple that moved to South Korea and was amazed at the national healthcare system. Um, the, the wife actually wrote that she can walk into any doctor, dentist, or hospital and be seen in minutes for a few dollars. There's no more wondering if something will be covered, if I need a referral and if prescriptions, uh, you know, what the cost will be for the prescriptions because they're, they're only two or three bucks. Right. And there are a number of people that have, you know, documented their experiences, uh, maybe visiting a um, staying at a hospital in Portugal or going to uh, a hospital or urgent care, not ur yeah, urgent care um, facility in, in Mexico. I actually watched several about two months ago a really fantastic uh, mini documentary about the number of Americans who are actually going to Mexico. They're going over the border to see a dentist because it costs so much more to see a dentist in the United States. They're going over the border in Mexico from the U S to see, you know, um, uh, an, 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 an optometrist because it's, you know, it costs a lot less in Mexico. So there's this whole, <clears throat> market of, um, I guess, you know, I won't call it medical tourism. I'm not sure if that's the proper term to use of Americans leaving the United States, taking a day trip to Mexico, going to get teeth done. Um, one woman was from uh, Hawaii. She'd been saving for years for a major, uh, for major dental work that she needed to have. Another person, um, this man that they featured, um, needed to have dental work, um, work done. He hadn't smiled in, in years. He'd been saving up his money and they actually showed him getting, um, whatever work he needed to have done. And of course featured him actually smiling at the end of that mini documentary. So just wanted to, um, provide some, you know, a little bit more insight into, uh, what the, you know, health, uh, the healthcare situation looks like for many Americans, not all, but for many Americans, um, who have to, you know, save for years to be able to get the dental care that they need. So another person in Berlin wrote that I'm stuck. I'm still trying to get used to five weeks of vacation. All vacation is paid. Um, and it's standard everywhere. Um, and she mentioned that she gets a two hour lunch and she has a 32 hour work week right now. Um, she also commented that with that kind of time, you have much more time to devote to family, to devote to, you know, enjoying the outdoors or whatever it is that, uh, makes one happy or content. Um, so so I just wanted to make sure that we, I featured a few of these stories. I also want to clarify that I'm not sharing this information because I think these countries don't have their fair share of issues. All countries do. Um, but I just wanted to feature some of the reasons why, uh, you know, Americans are leaving and moving to other countries because, um, they believe that they can have a better quality of life. If you go check out that Buzzfeed article, you'll see there were probably about 10 more examples. Um, and of course you can, I didn't, of course, didn't want to, um, list all 10 here, but please go ahead and check out that article. Um, also if you're enjoying this content, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Um, and of course drop a comment. If you happen to be watching this on YouTube, letting me know if any of this resonates, 
if this is inspiring you to consider a move abroad because you've had this nagging feeling that you want something to change, even if it's just a sabbatical, you know, you know, it's just something to consider, maybe changing your environment. Um, it doesn't even have to be leaving the U S maybe, you know, relocating briefly to another part of the country, if you have the flexibility to do so. Um, now here are a few things to consider before moving abroad. Actually, this isn't a few things. These are about 22 things, but I wanted to provide you with a, what I believe is a pretty comprehensive list It's not everything, but a pretty comprehensive list. And I pulled it from two different sources because I thought it would be more beneficial to, you know, provide uh, something that was as detailed as possible. So according to international citizens group, here are the things that you, that you should have on your move abroad checklist. Um, and the first thing is of course, to find out the visa requirements of the new country that, you know, goes without saying, and then you want to, you know, figure out how will you earn money if you are not retired. And one of the things that I hear quite a bit from, you know, people who've successfully moved abroad is do not go to another country expecting to find a job. Um, you know, because it's going to be much, much, much more difficult. Um, and one of the things that they point out is that just like, uh, with America in many instances, not all, um, you know, jobs are typically, you know, you know, the, the preference will be to employ a native of the country, not necessarily, um, hand the job over to, um, a, a person who is a, a recent immigrant. And that shouldn't be a surprise because that happens here in the U S as well. Um, except in those industries where they are targeting immigrants, um, because of the skill set, the expertise and professionalism that they bring, such as the nursing industry here in the U S it's well documented that the United States goes to countries in the Caribbean, certain African countries and certain, um, Southeast Asian countries to recruit nurses. Um, and they're doing this also with teachers in some instances. Um, and then of course there's the IT industry that for many, many years, uh, intentionally recruited, uh, people from, um, India or from China, um, and, and, and Korea and some of course, Middle Eastern countries. So just want to make sure that, you know, I understand that there are going to be some, um, exceptions, um, by industry. So that was number two. Um, you know, if you, you know, have the expert, if you have expertise and, you know, want to be able to offer your expertise to companies, you can certainly become a business consultant or some other kind of consultant, um, or launch an online service-based business, something that AI can't do yet. Right. And number three is check the customs policy of your new home country. Number four, purchase your one-way international ticket. Um, I know it must be kind of interesting thinking about purchasing a one-way international ticket. Um, contact the shipping company for rates and a, a timeline, what you should expect for the, you know, your items to arrive in the other country, if you decide to ship some of them. And of course you want to pack and ship the items you can't carry sell. And that was number six. Number seven is to sell, recycle, or donate everything else. Right. A number eight is to make, make copies of important documents. And number nine is to make arrangements for the, your first week, your first month, or even your first three uh, months in the new country. Meaning you make housing arrangements for your first week 
first month or your first three months in the new country, depending on what the situation is, what you, what you were able to accomplish before you, you made the move. You may want to purchase, um, number 10, purchase medical insurance that will cover medical expenses in the new country. Um, and number 11 is to get the necessary immunizations. Number 12 is to sell or rent your house. Now, one of the things to note is that this list isn't really in a specific order. Um, <clears throat> it's not necessarily, you know, you know, non-sequential, but just wanted to make sure that you all, um, understand it's not necessarily, you know, do this and then do this. It's definitely not sequential. Number 13 is to find a reputable relocation consultant or real estate agent. Um, number 14 is to sell or ship your vehicle. Uh, number 15 is to set up mail forwarding. Number 16, set up an, a, biz, a, a bank account that you can use overseas. Maybe your current bank account already meets that criteria. And so that's one few, one less thing that you have to do. If you have a pet, you want to definitely check the pet regulations of the new country. And you want to make sure that your pets uh, caught up on their shots. Uh, make sure you have the medications um, already filled and ready to, to go with you. So that when you get to the country, it's just a matter of finding the equivalent in that country. And then you also want to number, um, that was number 17. Number 18 is to be able to have some local currency. Um, I'm familiar with people that when they're traveling, they go to their bank and they exchange the funds at their bank, uh, you know, which is a lot less expensive than doing it in the airport of the new country or doing it at some kind of, you know, um, exchange service, currency exchange service in that new country. You're definitely, definitely, definitely going to pay a convenience fee. Um, if you try to do it before you, um, after you leave number 19, uh, which I really enjoy, which I really am glad I saw this on the list is to get language lessons or maybe sign up for language lessons. You know, I do remember I've heard from a number of people that moved to Portugal or people that have moved to Japan, uh, or even people that moved to China that it's really, really beneficial to get language lessons so that you can, again, accelerate the pace at which you're able to fully communicate with the local community. Um, and, and it's just, you know, um, also out of respect for the culture that you're going to be, um, embedding yourself in number 20 is to make sure your cell phone, um, and your cell phone service, um, are set up to, uh, operate, you know, just as effectively and efficiently as it did from the U S is it, if it doesn't, you definitely want to look into what the service offerings are in your new country. Um, and number 21 is to research tax laws. Extremely important. When you leave the U S it is my understanding. I'm not a tax expert and I haven't experienced this yet. Um, you will have to pay taxes in your new country. And of course, in the United States, there are, you know, tax experts that specialize in services for expats. So this is something you definitely want to be aware of now. And number 22 is to find a community of like-minded people. And I highly recommend that I've mentioned that before that when you are, you know, making a move such, uh, such as, you know, uh, moving abroad, um, there are going to be naysayers. There are going to be family members who, because they're concerned about you or other loved ones who may bring up, um, uh, or present, you know, the reasons why you shouldn't make the move. They are mostly asking out of care and concern. Some are asking because they themselves are afraid. They live their lives in a box. Um, 
Um, and they're, they may be short-sighted, they may be risk-averse. And as a result, when you explain that, hey, I'm going to move abroad, that is just so uh, different than the way that they think that they immediately go to the whatabouts. Um, they immediately, you know, bring up things that you should be worried, that they think you should be worried about. Um, again, just know that in most instances, they're coming from a place of love and care for you. In other instances, they are basically projecting their fear and, um, and, and their, uh, perhaps li limited uh, approach to life on you. So now we're going to talk about a few decluttering tips. I am not a decluttering expert, um, by far. However, I've always been one of those people that was very organized. My living environment is typically very organized. My books are stacked just so my items are stacked on my, you know, counter in my kitchen, just so very, very neat. Um, so I think that being that kind of person helped um, when it was time for me to start decluttering. And by the way, I'm decluttering, uh, I'm, you know, now an um, empty nester. So I just thought it would be best to go ahead and start decluttering. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and share my decluttering tips. Um, it's a down and dirty approach. Um, and so I'll go ahead and share that with you now. So one of the things to remember is that I didn't try to sell anything except the few things that I wanted to consign. I also knew that some of my furniture would go with me to wherever I decide to, um, wherever I decide to relocate to or, or, or to move abroad. Um, so I just want to make sure that you're aware of that. And part of the reason is because I kept convincing myself for several weeks that I would actually host a yard sale. Um, and, uh, you know, this is of course in between running my business and some of my other personal obligations. Finally, I realized running like, uh, you know, starting, uh, having a yard sale was, was likely not going to happen. So let's go to that list. Number one, number one is I made a list of items I wanted to keep and then items that I wanted to consign and items I wanted to recycle or just things I wanted to throw in the trash. Right. And I did that for every room with the exceptions of the bathrooms, of course, but the living room, the dining room, um, the bedrooms, I, those were the decisions that I made. Um, what I wanted to keep, what I wanted to consign, what I wanted to recycle and what I wanted to trash. The second thing I did was I started with the closet. I always feel like starting with the closet is just, it gives me a nice, easy win, right? It's it, even if it's a really full closet that takes two to three hours or two to, um, you know, empty out. Um, it's still one of the easiest wins. And so I start with the closet and I throw out old clothes, right? Just throwing out old clothes, maybe old blankets, maybe old shoes. When I say throw out the shoes, I typically try to take to a local goodwill. Um, so just want to make sure that you're aware of that. Oh, by the way, the other category of my list, keep consign, recycle, donate. And the other, the fifth one of course is the trash. So I forgot to mention donate. Um, and then I would then work on the easiest room and it's typically the easiest The clo I typically start on the closet in the easiest room. Um, because you know, just a few minutes later, not well, uh, maybe a couple of hours later, you've successfully uh, decluttered a room, a closet, and you know, it just gives you uh, a, a nice win and helps to build momentum, right? So that's part of the reason why I start with the easiest room. And I think that makes sense for all of us, um, for many of us. 
So <clears throat> another thing to keep in mind is I typically want to have a large container in each room for the things that I know I definitely want to keep for sentimental reasons. Maybe it's my, one of my daughter's dresses that she wore to a wedding, um, uh, a family member's wedding. Um, it's a beautiful silk dress that I have not been able to let go of. I, I mean, I've kept it in every, so many closets in our home, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful dress and I, I can't let go of it. Um, or, um, you know, things, uh, maybe, you know, the arts, the, um, arts and crafts that, um, our children, um, created for us, um, as they were in, you know, school, some of them are really, really sweet. And so I definitely wanted to hold on to those. Um, and just a few other things as well. Um, but you know, I continued the same approach for each room. I go from the closets to the drawers, to the desks, and then I do the other, um, surfaces. Um, another thing you'll want to do is find the local recycling venue. Um, so in Atlanta, there is, um, an organization here called live thrive. And that's where I've been able to recycle paint, uh, recycle, I believe old appliances, smaller appliances, recycle old clothes, um, recycle, I believe also certain small electronics. Um, and it's just a great place to be able to just pull up and have folks help, you know, unload the things that you want to, um, have recycled responsibly. And, and then of course pull off, right? It's just a, a great, um, uh, place. So there may be something similar in your city. So I highly recommend you look into that. Um, and then you also want to contact an e-waste recycling company and they're going to take the things that, you know, a, a, a recycling hub or recycling venue may not accept. So it's going to be your old laptops, right? Your old CPUs, um, old monitors, you know, the square monitors, for those of you who remember those, um, I, um, you know, I, you know, we had quite a few of those, um, because my former spouse was great at computers and he was the one that fixed, you know, uh, the neighbor's computers. And so unfortunately, um, after they've made a decision to get a new computer, uh, they would stay in our home, um, to live out their lives. But I have been the one that's just been taking them to the um, e-waste recycling company. I've done that a number of times. And so I just want to make sure that you look into that as well, because you don't want that um, e-waste in, um, your, you know, landfills, you know, and, and just all of the things that leach out of it, all the very toxic metals that leach out of it. Um, so that goes again for your old phones, your own laptops, your old CPUs, old monitors, things like that. You then also want to contact the consignment store. Um, and you want to, you know, find out some have a process where they'll have you take pictures, email the pictures, and then they say, yes, we'll take that. No, we won't take that. And the things that they won't take, you then have to decide, okay, do I want to, um, donate this, which is probably the best route to take. Um, or do I want to, you know, bring it along with me, which is not probably the best route to take because you were considering consigning it for a reason. So. I hope I covered, you know, you know, not only the reasons why people, uh, leave the U S, um, some of the destinations that they're, they go to some of the things to consider when you are relocating and moving abroad and certainly the ways to approach decluttering. Um, there's so much more information about how to declutter, but I wanted to come with a list that was genuinely mine based on my experience. Um, which I think was pretty successful. Um, and so, um, that's it for this episode. Um, I did want to make sure that we covered this because I'm becoming more and more aware of 
people, people that I know in my, you know, uh, in my sphere, so to speak, who are actually uh, making that move. They are of the opinion that the American dream isn't what it used to be. Um, and they're looking at retirement and thinking ahead about where their money can stretch the farthest. And, and so, um, they have decided to move. Actually, I'm aware of a number, I would say at least six people who have done that. So, and I know I'm not the only person. Uh, so there's probably someone in your circle that's also considering it or have already done that. So I wanted to remind you that there are several online communities you can join to learn from people already residing in your new country. There are multiple expat groups and events to prepare you for the move. Um, so don't forget to also not put too much, you know, stress on yourself. Um, give yourself a lot of lead time. Um, I gave myself enough lead time to declutter my home, uh, because of course, as I said, I run, um, a business and I have other obligations just like all of you. And so just want to give yourself, just want to remind you to give yourself grace, give yourself space and to, um, not to put too much stress on, on yourself. So for those of you who are wondering if I am planning to live my best life elsewhere, yes, I am. Um, it's not an immediate plan, but you guys, you better believe that you will, um, I will share it with you once that, that move happens. As a matter of fact, I have wanted to, um, move out of the U S for about 30 years, not because of the reasons I listed before, but because I am an actual, I am an immigrant. And so <clears throat> I understand what life is like or was like when I was a child growing up, um, in my home country. And of course I can compare it to my life here. And while I've been able to, you know, you know, become successful in some regards, I've raised my children here. Um, I, 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 I you know, I've always wanted to move back to my childhood um, country or my childhood home. I'm not necessarily the childhood home, but I've always wanted to move back to my home country. Um, and, and it's, you know, so this is just, it's the, that's really it. Just wanted to really reintegrate myself into my home country. So just one, of course I said, I will let you all know when it happens. Um, <clears throat> but while I plan my move, I will still try to make sure I travel as much as I can. As I've shared before, I do have a blog on the ready, set, go consult.com website. That's ready, set, go consult.com. Um, where I share my lessons learned while working from anywhere. Um, so again, you can find it on the ready, set, go consult website. Um, if you're interested in becoming a freelancer or a consultant, I have a free downloadable ebook and masterclass on that website. Um, that will help you do just that. Um, and so just know that there are resources that we provide at no cost to you to help you consider or think through your next move, whether it's to stay here in the U S and maybe work as a consultant and, um, attain more time freedom in that, um, in that way, or if it's because you plan on actually, um, you know, moving abroad, like many others have done or are doing. So here's where I leave you with a quote. And this one is about enjoying life while you can. This one is also from, um, Lewis Boone. And I thought it just, you know, it was the one that resonated the most. Um, and here's the quote, the saddest summary of a life contains three descriptions could have, might have, and should have. I couldn't agree with that more. 
And with that, I'll end this episode of the Age Has No Limit podcast, but not before I ask you to uh, subscribe once more to the podcast and share it with your friends and family. Until the next episode, remember, age has no limit. Oh.